Hello, everybody. It's Safi back with you with um, episode three of um, Thoughts of an Unstable Mind. Um, we're going to touch base with, um, with some topics here. But before we do anything, as always, I have to say my disclaimer. I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but I will tell you what I believe. So please don't ask me if your baby's cute. And please don't ask me if you're fat. So having said that, Piper, can you go ahead and um, touch base on what we're going to be talking about today? Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to be joining you with Safi. Today's episode is going to be about preference falsification, the dishonesty of Americans. Oh, wow. Dishonesty of Americans. We're, we're going very deep. Here we go. Well, before we can go deep, we always have to go back and um, explain to people what the definition of um, preference falsification. Then I'll go back to my example. If you don't mind, Piper, the definition of preference falsification is? Preference falsification is the act of communicating a preference that differs from one's true preference. All right. So we're going to go back to my ugly baby theory, and this will give you the best example. So I have a, me and Piper have a brand new baby, brand new baby, and we have guests that come over. And when those guests come over and I ask them, is, is this not the cutest baby you've ever seen? And what are they going to say, Piper? Absolutely. Beautiful. What, beautiful baby. And then, as always, when, um, when they get in their car and the doors are shut and everything's private, what do you think they're going to say? That was the ugliest baby I have ever seen in my life. You know, I find it interesting because... Um, I always had some challenges because I always said my thoughts. And when somebody would ask me a question, I always gave them my honest thoughts because I, I felt as if if a person's going to ask me something, it'd be me doing a disjustice not to be honest to them. And then I thought back as, as to why am I different? Why do I get um, criticized? And it goes back, and I'm, I'm looking back as a child. Um, we, are, we are indoctrinated as children, to be dishonest. We are. We really are. Pepper, can you go ahead and give us that definition again of indoctrination? I know I'm going somewhere that kind of sounds far-fetched, but we all know that elephant in the room or certain situations where somebody asks you, does this dress look nice? Um, uh, you know, my classic, am I fat, right? And, and we look at somebody and we know the truth, but what do we do? We, we're dishonest because we're concerned about their feelings or, or, you know, it could be anything. Feelings, we don't want to hurt them. We want to keep it positive. Piper, go ahead with that definition. So indoctrination is the process of teaching a person or group to accept a set of beliefs uncritically. And, and now I'm going to go somewhere where I remember my goal is never to offend people. It's not. I, I, my goal is to allow people to critically think. And in order to do that, we have to be objective. And when we're objective, objective and we can remove our emotions, we can see things a little bit differently. Um, would you not agree, Piper? Oh, absolutely. So having said that, when, um, when we're taught as a young child, we're already being taught something that I'm, I'm trying to, I'm going to make sure I approach this topic cautiously. We are all not Yes, I repeat, not created equally, but we should all be treated fairly. And I'm going to give you guys an example. I could have Michael Jordan 
as my one-on-one trainer, right? He's my trainer. You could give me steroids galore, okay? No matter what I do, I have a genetic limitation, even with the help of drugs, I will still not be able to beat LeBron James, period. No matter what, what would you, I mean, do you agree, Piper? Oh, agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. So we all have these limitations. And I think the problem in our society is we don't want to address our limitations. We don't. We want to give And I hate to say this, and remember, my goal is to convey this message to give you some insight and think outside the box. When we have an individual that wants to do something, and you know that they, A, don't have the capacity, the knowledge base, you're actually doing them a disjustice to make them believe it. And I, I, it's, it, this is a very slippery slope. It this re- is like Simon Cowell when he was on American Idol. Go ahead. And he was frustrated with the other judges. And he would say, why are you giving them good feedback? This was clearly terrible. You're exactly correct. Because he did not want to give them false hope that they would be moving to the next round or able to pursue pursue this for their lifelong career. And he felt like that he needed to tell them honestly his feedback versus be nice. And it was clear that he was the judge that everyone hated. But at the end of the day, he was usually correct by who got chosen to move to the next round or who won at the end of the show. I'm going to touch on a topic you just said. He was clearly the most hated. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's sad that when somebody is being transparent, and this is struggles that I had growing up because I didn't understand being dishonest. When somebody asked me a question, I thought they valued my opinion. So I was going to be honest. But you said it best. He was the most hated because he was honest. I believe if we are not honest to an individual, obviously there's a word selection and approaching a person properly because you don't want to, your goal is not to hurt the individual. That is not the goal. The goal is to give them constructive feedback so that they can A, do better, or B, pursue another avenue that they might be able to flourish in. But I don't think we we ever focus on that because we're so scared to hurt feelings, etc. Well, what do you think, this Piper? This indoctrination of dishonesty starts early. And I don't think our parents were doing it to try to breed um, us to be dishonest people as we progress. But I don't think because we are so indoctrinated by what our parents did, what their parents did, what their parents did, we just uncritically turn to our children and do the same thing. And it starts at children's birthday parties. If you're at Christmas, when your aunt gives you something that you didn't want, an ugly sweater, yeah, right? What, what, is the, you, what does your parent always tell you when you get something you don't want? You have to still say thank you. And, and they coach you ahead of time. Hey, if you get things you don't want, be sure you thank each person. And we uh, train them to do this. I mean, I've done it. I've done it with my own children where I've said, Hey, you know, if we go to that birthday party and you get something that you don't really want a little favor at the end that you don't want, just take it and say, thank you anyway. And I understand, you know, it's good to do that. And it's good to express, you know, positive. I do. Well, there's gratitude. There's, gra- you know, there's gratitude, but that coaching of dishonesty, if you don't like it, Go ahead and take it and you can let me know later that you didn't like it, but be grateful they gave you something. Maybe the the way that we convey that message should be 
should be conveyed differently. But we're all busy. We all get tired. We we know it's just in depth and valuable to our life. Well, where we leave and we think we should have spoken up, we should have said something different, but we nod our head yes and and agree, even though we wholeheartedly disagree. And I think that's that's the the, the dishonesty that we have in this country. And and when you when you do that, you have to ask yourself if we're starting with being dishonest. And I, please, I, I want to make this clear. I understand there's a balance with everything. But if you're sharing these views as you grow older and get older and, and get through maturity and from high school to college, this dishonesty can snowball in other avenues of one's life. And this can actually hurt that individual, mainly when bad bad things could happen to children they're taught to never talk back to parents never to express their views this is a, to me it, it can lead into almost a form of a person being suppressed i mean what, what's your thoughts piper well i mean i think we see that happening now with the conflict with all the politics that are coming up especially what happened in 2016 where there was absolute certainty in the polls that um, trump was not going to be elected president and they went back to this idea of preference falsification that the polls were skewed because people didn't feel comfortable speaking up for somebody who didn't have a lot of experience in politics but they got in their hole and thought I need something different I'm just going to vote for the other person because I don't I don't know what's happened over the past 8 or 12 years but I don't feel very good about it let's try something new maybe if he can run a business he can run the country so I think that happened back in 2016 where where we're and and to think we're still not in that era and to look at why that happened and now we've got big government right a lot of government that's needing to direct this pandemic and we have people on different sides of this of the political spectrum trying to decide you know do we need this does everybody need to be following the same plan does the constitution still stand in the in the midst of a pandemic what are my rights to make choices given the information that we're learning, considering that it's changing every day? Well, Piper, I want to jump in because you, you made a comment that, you know, President Trump um, um, probably more than likely won because people want to change. What was um, you had a, a, a term on insanity or something along the lines doing the same thing, but expecting a different outcome? Right. I, I feel can like you, can you elaborate on that? And I'm going to tie it into with this topic, please. Well, yeah, I feel like if you continue to do the same thing, but you expect that something different is going to happen, that is the absolute definition of insanity. So let's look here. We had Democrats, Republicans consistently um, with their views, and these views have been um, very similar for 20, 30, 40 years. And then here you have a businessman coming in, completely different, no, no politics at hand, and I would almost venture to say it was a change. I'm not going to say if it's for the for good or for bad, but we got a change. And in order to progress, we all have to do a different change. It may be good, it may be bad, but you learn from it. And I also think, you know, in today's society right now, we have two major topics. And I like to to say these topics. Um, to me, I view them, I view them because because Americans are dishonest and people don't want to be transparent. I believe these two topics are ugly babies. And the two topics that are currently, in my view, that are ugly babies 
is I'm going to say it, and yes, I'm going to go there. And my goal is not to offend. Please, I repeat, it's not to offend. I want people to critically think. Piper, while I'm explaining this, I want you to get me the definition of critically thinking. We have two polarizing ugly babies in today's society, and they are coronavirus and Black Lives Matter. And I don't want to express to you one's right, one's wrong, yes, no, no. I'm just saying, based on preference falsification, my ugly baby theory, these are two ugly babies that are currently, in my opinion, keep allowing our country to separate and allowing our country to implode. And to me, it's extremely disheartening. Can you go ahead, Piper? Do you got the definition of critical thinking? The definition of critical thinking is the objective analysis and evaluation of an issue in order to form a judgment. So in order to do that, we really have to try to remove our emotions and clear our mind. But it can be very challenging when information is being presented to you from different avenues that are completely opposite, right? So I challenge people to embrace critical thinking and look at things outside of what's being presented to you. Do your own research and ask yourself, does this make logical sense? Is this for the greater good of society? And I think you'll be surprised on conclusions that you can come, come figuring out on your own. What's, what's your thoughts, Piper? Well, you know, I thought it was interesting when we're watching, because we watch multiple news channels in order to get varying viewpoints, because we've learned in our life that um, multiple viewpoints can be, you know, just people's opinion and the way it's being presented can be very subjective. And so you have to sort out kind of the objective information. But I feel like... When we're watching those shows, I never thought about if the news anchor truly believes what they're reading, right? Or is this their job? I've got people that work for me that don't like their job. It's not their favorite thing they've ever done, but they do a good job. And they they work for me, right? So, So when I started viewing them as this is their job, Whatever comes on the teleprompter, did they write that? Do they believe that? Or do they get paid to present that? You know what, Piper, you're gonna this is a, a great segue for me to give some people some insight. When you watch a movie with The Rock or are these actors, are those actors is the role that they're playing in that movie truly who they are, Piper? Well, it's like Jennifer Aniston. Nobody thinks of her outside of the coffee house, right? Exactly. On Friends. But is that who she is as a person? Of course not. But that's who they first identify uh, identify with is that role she played because she played it for so many years. So is it possible to do play a role that you may fundamentally not believe in because it's your job? A- absolutely. So I want every- they're actors. They're paid to to sell that to you. So why would a new news broadcaster be any different? Why would a politician? Thank you. So this, I'm going to ask y'all a question out there. How many of y'all truly love the job that you're doing and truly embrace what you're doing for the company or the organization? Or do you do it because it's your job and it allows you to sustain life and provide for your family? You see, we have a, 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 we, we are kind of naive to this. It's hard for us to believe that a politician, a news anchor, 
an actor, people that we look up to um, in this country um, as doing a job, they too may truly not fundamentally believe in the message that they're conveying. Just like certain actors that play roles that don't even fit their personality. It's nothing, it's nothing like them as an individual. But yet, it's their means. It's how they, how they can sustain life. Well, and if you read online, because I keep up with a lot of, um, you know, what's happening in, in Hollywood and in some of the reality TV, if you read a lot of that stuff online, you start to realize some of these actors have lost roles because they're unwilling to do some of what's in the script. So then it crosses their moral fabric and they have to decide, look, am I going to do this $4 million movie or is that across the line for me? But you also have to remember Piper too. They it becomes have, about morality well, for some, not for all. Also too, but the, for some. they have the luxury, a lot of these um, actors, um, they have an abundant amount of resources that many Americans could not imagine so they can pick and choose their job. What about the average American that has to do a job that they hate on a day-to-day basis, but they have to because they have to sustain their livelihood and they don't have other, the other avenues aren't as relatively easy for them. You see, everybody have to understand something. Politicians, media, all these people, the reason you believe they're hypocrites on their personal life it's quite simple. It's because they're just paid actors. Yes, I said it. They're paid to do a job. So if a politician believes that the best avenue that they have is to be with this party or this party, even though it may not, they may not fundamentally be aligned with it, they're going to go and do what they need to do for their job. Just like you do. When you go to your job that you don't like, that you hate, or you strongly wish you could do something else, they're no different. Well, and and this comes back to the Sophism approach or belief that we talk about, where we talk about the belief of self-accountability for the preservation of society. And that that, that is... If you want different outcomes, you have to start by looking at yourself and how you're responding and your indoctrination and what you've been trained to do. And how would you... You have to ask, how would your life look if you were truly honest? So that next time a friend asks you your opinion and you want to give them an honest opinion... Think about what you're actually saying versus what you want to say. We typically have that gut reaction of what our true feeling is. Absolutely. And then we alter it in order to fit society demands or whatever was asked. So if you can sit in that moment and look at how your life, it doesn't mean you have to say something that you're not truly comfortable saying yet. But think about every situation where that comes up and that feeling that you have of, I didn't say what I really wanted to say. If I had really said it, what would have the consequence been? I'm going to elaborate on that and I'm going to explain to y'all what I, how I view my life. My life, I remain to always be consistent. And I've heard it you know, from some, some good friends of mine and I, I believe somebody probably came up with this phrase, um, consistency is the mark of excellence. Consistency is the mark's mark of excellence. My goal is to always be consistent across the board, whether I'm in front of my wife, my children, a friend, or a stranger. I am always going to be Sophie, consistent. 
And I'm, I'm going to kind of share, a, I'm going to touch a little bit with what Piper had talked about, about being honest. And I'm, I'm going to share a story that I had with a friend. And I'm not going to, oh, I, I don't use names because I like in respect for those people. Well, I'm, I'm, at, a, I'm at a smoothie place. And um, I'm, I have a good relationship with the, the, the young lady that makes the smoothies. The barista. The barista. Ooh, yes, I like the barista. That. We'll say that one more time. I like that. The barista. And I have a really great relationship with her. And I had another gentleman to the right of me. And something came along the lines about health. And I value this person. Truly, I, I really do care for them genuinely. And we were discussing health. And I said to that individual, yeah, you should really, truly consider to lose some weight. And then the gentleman next to me said, how dare you say that to that person? And I truly was confused. I really was. Um, I got ridiculed for making that comment. And then I quickly said, why am I being ridiculed? And I looked at the individual and I asked him, do you believe that you could lose some weight? They said, absolutely. I said, do you feel as if you would feel better if you lost weight? They said, yes, I really do. I said, do you feel like you could probably reduce some of your medications if you lost some weight? They said, yes. I said, so... For me, to be honest with you, I truly value you as a friend. I'm, I, I want you to embrace your health because I genuinely care for you. And I looked at the other individual. I said, she just agreed with what I said. Maybe I value her more as a friend than you do. And, and, and there really was no rebuttal, but it confused me because, because sometimes being honest to the person will help give them the insight to do better for themselves and, and be more accountable for their actions. And I think that's the goal with Sophism. It starts with yourself. Piper, can you give the definition of Sophism as well? Yeah, the belief of self-accountability for the preservation of society. So our, our approach of Sophism that we're applying or that I've been applying in my life as well has, has allowed me to see things differently. If I'm doing somebody a disservice by telling them, something that's a preference falsification, something that doesn't hurt their feelings. Have I really done for them what I should as a true friend? And so I'm starting to match that consistency in my life of saying, if I want a good outcome for this person, I owe it to them. I see it differently, to be honest, even if it hurts their feelings a little bit. And then to stay for the dialogue. And stay for the response. If they get defensive to say, I'm not here trying to hurt your feelings. Oh, I'm so sorry. Maybe I didn't do a good job of conveying that I care about you. And this is why I'm giving you this I'm answer. going to give everybody a great um, avenue or a great approach with this. When somebody comes to you, and I, I actually do this all the time, and they ask for my, my thoughts on a topic that society tells us to be um, dishonest, what I look at that person is, and I, and I say this almost in a joking manner to lighten the mood. I said, do you want me to be honest with you or do you want me to tell you what you want to hear? And depending on how they answer, in respect for them, I will, I will actually answer in that way. If they tell me, I want you to tell me what I want to hear. I do this all the time with my wife. I ask her. She comes to me and says, does this look good? I said, do you want me to be honest or do you want me to tell you what you want to hear? And depending on her mood. Sometimes it's just what I want to, I just want to hear what I want to so hear. So I just tell you, you look fantastic. <clears throat> right? And I, I accept that and know that you're probably not telling but me that's, the truth. I think, I think that's a good approach because you don't know 
that moment of you being honest could truly change that person's course in life and make them go places or achieve things that they never could imagine. And I think that's kind of a, a missing link that we're having in this dishonest America. Um, anything- I mean, is that what is underlying this chaos? I, I do. This unhappiness, this unrest is is the lack of self-accountability, the lack of insight, the lack of understanding and indoctrination and being tolerant. I think, I, let's go back to the definition of tolerant and I'm going to touch base. I think everything you expressed, Piper, that we're lacking, in my opinion, is is causing our country to separate because nobody wants to sit down and have an honest dialogue regarding these ugly babies. And in order to progress, we have to be willing to listen and talk, communicate, and not focus on changing someone's views or minds. It's, It's looking at society as a whole. Are you a productive person in society? If you are, embrace it. Embrace it. And if these ugly babies aren't resulting in something productive, how do we change that narrative to something that that is more productive? But we have to be willing to listen, willing to be vulnerable, and we have to be tolerant. And the definition of tolerance is showing willingness to allow the existence of opinions or behavior that one does not necessarily agree with. I I want to finish on that topic And I want y'all to think about that. I really want y'all to think about that. But I'm going to also go real quick. I want to just give you another little bit of food for thought. I met this great coach that's coaching my son one-on-one football. And this guy's remarkable. I really love his approach. You know, he had some hardships. He was able to um, achieve accomplishments. And he made it to the NFL. And in respect for him, I don't want to use his name because I have not um, discussed with him if I can or can't. If he allows me, I will touch base on our episode four. And this guy is remarkable. And I, we, we discussed and we talked about how I was raised and how he was raised about structure, discipline. And my mom basically force-fed that to me. And I think it's allowed me to accomplish a lot of things in my life. And um, obviously through my insight, my open mind, and um, taking new information um, in my mid-20s, early 30s, it's allowed me to really kind of come to this point in my life. But I want y'all to think about one thing. As a parent, we put our kids in sports for what, Piper? Structure and discipline. And if, if, if consistency is the mark of excellence, why can't we do that at home? This is Safi wrapping up episode three Thoughts of an Unstable Mind. Um, I'm going to finish with my last disclaimer. I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but I will tell you what I believe. So please don't ask me if your baby's cute. And you know the next one. Just please don't ask me if you're fat. Y'all have a good one. Piper. Goodbye, everybody. If you're interested in sporting um, an amazing shirt like Safi's wearing right now, Um, about the approach of Safiism. We have those on our website at www.safiism.com. You can listen to all of our shows. You can give feedback and you can uh, purchase merch if you want to share this approach with your friends or this belief. And I love feedback. Bye-bye.